Hey everyone, and welcome to the Darkcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Miley, and this is DCI number 142. In this episode, Brian Tyler joins me as we talk to Gabriel Caruso of Space Lizard Studio about their upcoming game, Dragon Bros. Dragon Bros is a side-scrolling shooter in the vein of Metal Slug, mixed with some Double Dragon in there to make it a little more interesting. You can find more info about the game in the show notes of this episode on DarkStation.com, and as always, thank you so much for listening. Now on with the show. so much for, for joining us on the dark cast here tonight for staying awake and braving the uh, the night hours to talk to us about dragon bros uh, before we get into talking about the game though let's talk a little bit about who you are and uh, what you do with space lizard studios oh yeah sure thanks for uh, having this interview with me uh, first of all uh, absolutely excited here um yeah, so um, my name is Gabriel Caruso. I um, I'm one of the directors at Space Laser Studio. Um, what I do mainly, um, I'm, I'm the audio director, so uh, pretty much do anything. But I, um, I I'm just a main uh, composer, and I I create soundtrack, and I'm level designer as well. Um, I do I do a bit of everything because um, Space Lizard Studio we're just four friends and it's a pretty small studio um, that we have created two years ago less. How how did you guys settle on that name? Because that is that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, uh, well we were like we wanted to come up with the with a unique name. I mean. Uh, we we wanted the name to be fun, so we were like, okay, uh, what what do we call us? Uh, Space Lizard, okay. Uh, so Space Lizard Studio, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it sounds fun, and then uh, we, we just wanted to uh, imagine ourselves as um, pioneers or something. Uh, so we we figured um, lizard. In space, and uh, it was it was just fun for us. So yeah, sure. That's sounds kind of like a no-brainer. It's like lizard it space. I mean, you know, why not combine the two? Why not both? Yeah, why, why not <laughs> both? I mean, we love lizards. Uh, we love dragons. That's why also we did Dragon Bros. And we love space and sci-fi and fantasy and all together they make this this little word we've created here and uh, it's called Space Lizard Studio you know what I mean awesome very very awesome now you said that you guys started about two years ago how many people are actually uh, on the team yeah we're four people okay Um, it's me uh, two programmers and one artist Cool. That sounds like a, a pretty balanced group for uh, four people. It's always interesting. Uh, there was a, a recent interview that we did. We were talking to somebody, and it was, I don't know, it seemed like it was well over half the people were artists. And it's like, wow, that seems like a lot of artists for, for making a game. Uh, <laughs> that's that's really cool. Yeah. 
yeah, um, it's like a balance party. I have to say, I, I picture ourselves like um, I don't know if you uh, if you know Hero Quest, right? You know, mm-hmm. like these board games in which you have uh, the barbarian, mage, the cleric, and the and the rogue. I think we are a pretty compact group, but you know, we will just do a bit of everything and uh, yeah. Sure. So, so going with that analogy, uh, programmers, art, and uh, and audio, um, who's who's ranged, who's the healer, and who's DPS? All right. I would say first thing you see uh, usually. So the first thing that attracts the eye of the of the audience is the graphics mm-hmm. mainly. So I would say the um, melee warrior is going to be the artist okay and um, the programmers well wanted to specialized on certain things so we specialized on uh, creating the, the the editors the, on the background the public stuff so I would say that's the mas- the, the magician okay right so holding the line but creating stuff so the, the creative part of the programming the other one is the one who adapts maybe the audio and the graphics into into the game so it makes them work all together so I would say that's the, the healer the cleric right that, that is awesome I was yeah you answered that so much more seriously than I expected and that is amazing <laughs> that that worked that was that was I great mean, <laughs> makes makes total sense it does. And I think I think I'm the uh, I'm the um, the ranger the rogue. Okay. Yes, um, I think my soundtrack can be stuck in your in your head for ages. So it's like a poison arrow. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> yeah, makes oh, that's, totally that's sense. Good. It does. That is great. Um, I, I think I'm gonna have to use that when when people ask about uh, you know how they how they fit into a team. You can just break it down totally. into RPG terms. That is that is phenomenal. Totally. Um, <laughs> Always so, the, the four the, the three pillars. They are useful for everything. They are. They are. It's great. Um, so how did how did you uh, kind of get? You said that you know, it's a group of friends, but how did you kind of get caught up into this? Did you study um, audio design or music or like what what brought you uh, to the point where you're getting to make video games? Yeah, um, well, my um, I, my passion started when I um, started playing video games in the old ages of Commodore 64 and uh, Amiga, Amiga Commodore. So that these were my my uh, my first um, consoles. So I, I was pretty interested in uh, every aspect of gaming since I was a kid. So um, I, I usually liked uh, soundtracks a lot and then um, I well I went to music uh, music courses and um, went to art school well so I studied a little bit of uh, design and uh, started a band so that's that, that was um, I would say my uh, development in music uh, first of all then um, I uh, when I moved to um, to Manchester here in the UK, then I started um, a university of 
um, audio, audio design for uh, video games. So it was pretty specific um, for audio design. And then I learned the, uh, the techniques and everything. And I started working on um, some little projects, little mobile games. Uh, the first mobile game I did was uh, an iOS game called um, Ear Jack. And it, that was that was pretty successful, and I really enjoyed that. Uh, but I've enjoyed doing everything, every aspect of the audio part, uh, starting from the sound effects to uh, the soundtrack itself. So um, yeah, pretty uh, pretty much like everything about um, audio. So uh, both recording voice, sound effects. Um, music, creative music, um, so I would say, yeah, that's uh, pretty much everything. Very cool. Very cool. So are you still um, in school, or did you, have you have you finished university? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, okay. I finished. Nice. Very cool. So is, is this kind of your, your first major project since then, or have you worked on, on anything else? I know you mentioned the, the mobile game, but any other... Any other projects that you've dabbled in? Uh, well, I've been working on um, two mobile games. Um, Space Lizard Studio. We started with a with a very small project. It was a mobile game as well. It was a game called uh, Yellow Chicken. Basically, it was like a ridiculous game, like a floppy bird type of game, uh, in which instead of tapping on the on the mobile. You um, you had to scream on the phone to make the bird move. It was a little chicken. So <laughs> you... that sounds insane. <laughs> it was insane. It was very very fun. But that was the um, team bonding experience, very first one before Dragon Bros. Uh, so yeah, yeah, you literally had to to shout at your phone. To make chicken move, so the more you shout, obviously the more the, the chicken moves faster. So, so, what was the purpose behind that? Were you just hoping to see a bunch of people out on the streets yelling furiously at their phones? That's exactly that. We <laughs> it was a social experiment. Basically, uh, when, I, when I was getting to the bus every morning and go, um, you know, and go to to school or go to to work. I saw a bunch of people sitting there with their phones, not interacting to each other, and that drove me crazy. I was like, "Yeah, we need to do something." And then we created Yellow Chicken for that reason. <laughs> and I have to say, it was pretty fun. Very nice. Yeah. And that that brings us to Dragon Bros. So, uh, can just start off uh, for people that don't know what it is. What, what's what's Dragon Bros? Yeah, Dragon Bros is um, um, 2D um, action shooter, like the the old style ones. Um, if you're um, okay, if you think about uh, Metal Slug, uh, uh-huh. um, these are the the classics we um, we took inspiration from. Um, I well. The thing that I like about Dragon Bros is that Dragon Bros is, is a genuine game. Is 
it's like these um, old school games, uh, but with a modern twist. So it's well, it's a pixel art game. Um, and you know, um, nowadays a lot of people like pixel art. I like pixel art games and all those stuff. And it's super fast paced, and it's um, bullet hell. Well, so one of these games that gives you that impression that um, it's a throwback, it's a retro game, but it's also a retro game with with a modern twist. So it's one of these games that you enjoy with with another friend because it's like like a co-op uh, adventure you want to enjoy with another you know your brother your, your cousins your mom whoever you want so um yeah that's that's the idea behind dragon bros so the little the little like paragraph writer that comes with it mentions that these are four teenage dragon brothers yeah yeah, superhero animals tend to come in not only in fours, but also tend to the kind of hang out in the teenage age range. Um, are these dragons named after um, any particular set of people, um, or uh, are they just kind of like uh, they're just out there being being dragon dudes? Well, uh, basically, they in game they don't really have a name. I mean, you cannot see the name of the okay. dragon you're using. And it's just kind of like red and blue, and you just identified by colors. Yeah, the the four uh, first concept we had about Dragon Bros was that it was supposed to be um, a game with um, at least two players, and then eventually a proper classic double dragon, uh, a proper classic um, metal slug. Is we wanted to keep it that way. Um, Pretty technical, and we we didn't want to overcomplicate the gameplay, um, obviously. But our first thought it was to um, call the dragons after the characters, the main characters in the Big Ben Theory. <laughs> so um, we wanted to call them uh, Sheldon, Rajesh, and so on. So that was that was the first idea. This is how we called them, but there's no reference in game. Like, uh, having watched some of the videos for it, um, these guys are moving fast, and they're fighting something called a Mecha Lich, and I I need this explained to me. Yeah, yeah. What what is it? What constitutes a robot Lich? Yeah, the, the, the Mega Lich. They are, they are um, an evil robot society. So, um, basically, the story behind it is that um, there was this planet, and... Um, basically, these these robots, they were in the past controlled by an alien entity, um, and this alien entity uh, died years ago, centuries ago, and these robots they were independent, but they had an evil mind, so they they just only wanted to absorb all of the resources of the planet. And um, Dragon Bros, obviously, they are born from a Dragon Mom. So the story is that there is in this in this planet, uh, this Dragon Mom um, is 
hovering for uh, little eggs for little dragon eggs. This dragon mom gets kidnapped by um, what is Mechalich. So robots, they take the mother, they they take her to super um, spaceship, and they start studying her and trying to um, absorb in the energy from the uh, obviously the, the mother dragon and and the planet itself. And uh, they leave these four eggs uh, into uh, small capsules, space, and eventually uh, they, they they are born. All of a sudden, they they break the eggs and they they start growing and they start rebelling against the robot society. And they figure out because they have these um, what do you call it? These um, these senses. So they, they sense the mother. They know the mother is somewhere, and they start looking for her. So um, they just break into the spaceship, uh, get the weapons from uh, other uh, other aliens that were living in other planets that were collected all together into into a big room. This in this um, robot spaceship. So they take these weapons and they start shooting against the megaliths. In, in search of their mother, so that's that's the um, base of the story. Okay, so are are the uh, are the four dragon bros? Are they kept in captivity, like from hatching to teenage years, uh, or like how how long are they? Uh, they're kept are they in captivity um, until see, they're, they're they're babies. They're born. So say um, one year old, mm-hmm. and um, eventually they, they they just they just break out and they just um, start rebelling and they just don't want to be there obviously, and start to escape altogether. Mm-hmm. Sure. And for some reason they know that they can use weapons. They're not like common dragons. They're not like normal dragons that would just fly and spit fire. Fire. I mean, they they spit fire, but obviously they prefer to use the weapons because why not? Sure. Imagine weapons are easier than than uh, learning to breathe fire. Can they breathe fire at some point? Um, they have um, a melee action, so they, they can sneeze fire. So if you if you play the the game, you can you can see that you have your weapon. You, um, you have different weapons, obviously, through the game. And you have melee attack, but your melee attack, since you're a baby dragon, you can sneeze fire. It's not, <laughs> it's not a proper fire breath, but still, you know, young dragon type of fire breath. Is there is there any difference uh, between the brothers instead of just color, or is it just a, a color palette to allow everybody to kind of do the same thing? No, it's pretty much like a double dragon. Okay, so just they're, they're, both, they're both the same. sense. So you're not uh, uh, you know, doing classes or anything, everybody gets the same dragon, everybody gets the... Uh, no. Yeah, you don't have to learn a new character. No, that's that's another thing. That's, good. that's another thing I wanted to uh, point out. Um, you know, uh, we, we wanted to create this sort of um, plug-and-play feeling. We just wanted to create mm-hmm. something very simple that 
probe the, uh, the player to just sit down and play straight away. Because yeah, especially if you guys are aiming for kind of like the couch co-op thing where you're bringing in like, you know, brothers or sisters or, or cousins or friends or whoever's there for you. You, you do have to be able to just kind of go right into it um, without going, oh, you know, well, if you pick this one, you're going to move a little slower. And if you choose this one, well, you're not going to be able to do this. So, yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, that, that was the idea because, uh, come on, everyone is sick of tutorials. So we just wanted to create something that <laughs> allowed you to sit down and have fun straight away. It's like fun injected in your in your neck straight away. You just fun want injections. To, yeah, yeah, I mean, you just sit down, play, have fun with your friend. Uh-huh. And you wanted to... Um, we wanted the game to be the more user friendly as possible. So you just sit down. You're you already know how to play somehow. It's um, we just attended. We, we were exhibiting in different gaming conventions here in the UK. Uh, several, uh, I think we attended almost ten or eleven like that. Wow. And, yeah. Um, it's busy. Yeah, no, it was pretty successful in that way because we've seen players coming to our stand and they were mainly kids. So they were coming to our stand and just start playing without us explaining everything. Mm -hmm. And and that was brilliant. That was amazing. That was the best experience ever because I could see people just coming to our stand and enjoying themselves straight away. They already knew how to play. So we I think we we hit that target of making the people like come over and play and have fun straight away without too many explanations if you know. Mm -hmm. Sure, that makes sense. Now you mentioned, uh, you know, the, the Dragon Bros aren't uh, breathing fire; they're just sneezing fire. Um, but they are wielding lots of different weapons. So, what? How are you dispatching the uh, the mecha liches uh, throughout the game? Yeah, um, you basically have, um, as I said, different type of weapons. So you find the weapons in the levels every now and then. You can find the weapons. Um, in a, in a hidden area of the level, uh, in a secret, or you can find the weapons in little electric bubbles that are um, held by um, other servo robots. There is flying robots that um, if you kill them, and you have different types. You start with a normal blaster, so you have the the standard blaster. Um, and also you have machine guns, uh, rocket launcher, uh, laser beam, um, shotgun. So yeah, you have different type of weapons that you find throughout the game. And these weapons, they have two different fires. So you find a, a collectible throughout the game. So whenever you kill some robots, you make them explode, they drop some... Um, coins that we call scraps. So these scraps, okay. um, they basically um, they empower one of your um, bars. So it's like mm-hmm. a stamina bar. Once you you have a full bar, you can release the power. So you can release um, an ultra combo. And depending on what weapon you have in your hands, yeah, the ultra combo 
does different effects. So, for instance, if you have a blaster, you get the ultra combo, he, he starts um, shooting faster, like a, a small machine gun. But if mm -hmm. you have a machine gun, the machine gun will turn into a three-way shotgun. Yes. And the, the bullets, they start bouncing in the level, so they bounce and they bounce on the, on the uh, enemies. So we, bas we basically turned it into a bullet hell for the enemies, too. That's right. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, also, like the shotgun. The shotgun is, is a common shotgun. It's like a spray and pray thing. It's like a cone of fire. But if you unleash the ultra, the shotgun will start shooting um, like a morning star type of ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's sick. And yes, that's, that's oh. super terrifying. <laughs> Them is the worst day ever when they meet this morning star because it starts exploding and get these oh, um, needles get everywhere because it explodes and it's like um, a frag grenade. So it explodes and it will hit everything in the screen. Or um, the laser beam. The laser beam is like a, like a normal beam, but if you unleash the power. Laser beam is like it's like a little bit the ultra in, in Golden Axe, uh, you know the dwarf ultra that unleashed the like the lightnings from the sky, and has a similar concept to that. Nice. So um, all the weapons are you uh, are you picking them up and adding them to your inventory and swapping between them? Uh, are they do they work more like power ups? How how do the weapons? Work. Yeah, uh, so basically, you grab the weapon in the level, then you can um, can hold one weapon, uh, or you can hold the blaster. You can save the weapon for later, but if you run out of bullets, the, the weapon is gone, and then you need to collect another weapon. But obviously, you, you keep the, we the weapon um, throughout the level. When you finish the level, and you go to the next level, you start again with the main weapon. So it's like, okay, you can you can hold the weapon in your inventory, you only have two slots. It's what we wanted to make it simple. So you only have your standard weapon, and then another extra slot for another weapon for, for later on, for the for a boss fight or for a, an arena fight. You, you swap back to the original weapon until you get into that particular arena and then you select your um, special weapon and you start shooting with that. Okay. The concept. Yeah. So, um, I, I may have I may have missed it when you, you said it, but if you hold on to your uh, extra weapon and don't use it when you start the next level, will you still have that extra weapon or do you just have the default boss? No, you start over from the beginning. It's, it's a bit like uh, Metal okay. Slug. So you keep the okay. weapon through the level, but once you start the next level, you, you don't have that weapon anymore, so you collect other weapons. But the level, okay. the way how the level is designed is to, to offer you the opportunity to swap weapons continuously. So you have plenty of weapons during the, the level, so um, obviously you have the opportunity to try out different weapons in a single level. A little bit like Metal Slug, as I said. Sure. Very cool. So, you guys are in, um, 
uh, early access. Um, what do you what do you have done so far, and as far as the game goes, and what are you what are you aiming for? What are you looking to get done um, um, by releasing an early access first? Yeah, um, we we started the early access. I would say I think it's six months ago, six or five months ago, something like that. Um, at the very beginning, if you well, you can see that now, but if you run through YouTube now, you can see a lot of Let's Play videos. You go to the very um, first ones, you could notice that the game was so different at that point because we had a different kind of camera. It was a close-up camera and there wasn't enough space and screen so we gathered feedback from players because we wanted to understand what players wanted. And we gathered a lot of feedback thanks to the uh, Let's Play videos um, through Steam as well. Um, we got feedback also from one of the developers of Broforce, um, which uh, he was pretty excited and he said in a, in a comment, I remember, said, um, I would love to play this game once it's released. Uh, and we were pretty like, oh, yeah, we're doing things right. I mean, we, we started improving the game. And um, we changed a lot of things, a lot of graphic details and effects and gameplay as well. We introduced um, a little rolling system so you can now even roll like um, a little bit like um, you know Dark Souls when you have this roll that... Okay, like a dodge roll. Yeah, like a dodge roll. So we've gotcha. implemented that as well which it works pretty well in a bullet hell because if you're trapped you have like a, a fraction of second invulnerability while you roll. So we, we implemented a lot of stuff in terms of gameplay, graphics, sounds as well. And we made um, adaptive music levels in a 2D game. So that was pretty tough to do, but uh, we, we made these, these levels to interact with music. So I created a pattern of music. And then we had different traps in the level. The traps, they they uh, move at the same pace of the tempo of the music which is something that it was it was pretty cool and we we haven't seen in a 2 game 2D game um ever in, the, in this kind of games so yeah we implemented a lot of stuff um but then um i think we are pretty much there we're waiting for um some final confirmation from Microsoft because we're also releasing on uh, Xbox One. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, so I think the the game is almost ready to go. We're just fixing some bugs now at this stage, especially on Mac and Linux. But um, we we're just preparing some um, paperwork for um, for the Xbox submission eventually, and the game is going to be out uh, this spring, finally. So yeah, I would say, it's, yeah, almost ready. How does it feel that the, you actually like the end is is not something that's far away? It's something that's so close. Um, pretty exciting, I would say. Um, it's it's tough to um, keep all the things together because obviously you have a lot of pressure, and um, the marketing side is something that we we need to work on a lot. Because we 
we didn't have any idea on how to do marketing before because this is our first game on PC and Xbox. So um, we trying to to do our best with that, and uh, yeah, it's tough days. But um, knowing that we're getting there uh, makes us happy because we we had so many positive feedback uh, about the game, and <coughs> I think yeah, the people are happy with the product so far. So I hope we will see more happy faces when they get <laughs> on Xbox so this is pretty satisfying I have to say that's excellent that is excellent sure, yeah just by, by the nature of the game it sounds <laughs> like it's, it's perfect for, for couch co-op yeah um, so that's that sounds awesome is it uh, just two player co-op or can you have more than that yeah as uh, I said fighting the as I said ages? before we our original idea was to to have four players co-op <laughs> But then um, the the gameplay was was suffering a lot. Mm. Having four players in screen is like like a nightmare. I imagine, especially with if everybody doesn't have their own um, their own like separate view. If you guys are all on screen together, keeping track not only of your dragon but of of what's going on with all the bullets and trying to then balance it for four people, that could uh, I could see how that could be insane. Yeah, it, it's like. It's very confusing when you have four players in a bullet hell type of game. So, it's, you know, you compromise the gameplay a lot. So we decided to to make it a, a two-player game, which is working pretty pretty well in two players. Uh, you you don't get so confused when there is a lot of bullets on screen. But um, yeah, the first idea was to make four uh, dragons. Uh, we're thinking to well, if the game goes well. On Xbox and PC, we are um, we are thinking of making the second chapter, and the second chapter would have a different gameplay probably, and have four players on screen, but maybe different mechanics and gameplay. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the idea behind um, evolving Dragon Bros. Now you mentioned that uh, you've uh, made some some changes to the uh, the music, um, and what one question that I, I had is a, a lot of the people that we talk to are just composers, or well, the people that we talk to that that work in the music industry, uh, they they make the music and then somebody else puts it in the game, uh, so they they just kind of make a song or a bunch of songs that get incorporated in the game, get get looped and all that kind of stuff. Um, how does that change since you're the you're not just a the composer, you're not just the you know audio engineer, but you're you're making the music and you're making it fit in the game as well. Does that change how you write the music? Um I'd say if you are part of the of the um, development team as um, level designer as well and you are the composer, the the audio artist, the audio director. So you just you need to make choices, obviously. So depending on what type of game, what type of um, speed or pace or gameplay you have, you can decide what's the best um, type of music that fits into your game. I think um, I decided to make this. I don't know if you heard the the soundtrack of the. Uh, the game, but I've decided to make this um, music 
for Dragon Bros a pretty uh, to keep it teenage to keep it um, simple but powerful as well to to make it emotional so the soundtrack sounds like uh, I don't know I would say a Green Day and uh, cheap tunes okay that's a that's a that's a mix. That's interesting. Yeah, um, being a I I am a musician. Um, on uh, on on the other side, I'm I've got a band as well, and we do um, a lot of other stuff. We we are, are actually pretty much focused on uh, on cheap tunes, and uh, sure. I play bass myself and I sing, and I got this drummer. We we create music together, but this is different from creative music for for a game that you you are developing because you you need to adapt and you need to consider a lot of things altogether. So you maybe don't want to make the music too too fast, too powerful for the type of game you're doing, but you want to create the perfect mix depending on the level. So you play the the levels over and over and in the meantime you start thinking about the music, about the, the pace of the music that you would like to hear. So it's a different approach. Mm. But um, still fun. I mean, from the composition point of view, um, especially when when I had to create these um, adaptive music levels, which I created with different tracks. So, for instance, we have a level that is called Laser City. The Laser City is is an interactive music um, level. So you have a lot of neons and stuff. Very very 80s, very Blade Runner, if you know what I mean. So, I, I just wanted to create um, an emotional music, but more synth wave, more um, environmental, mm-hmm. uh, still fast-paced. So that was that was a tricky bit, but uh, yeah, I, I managed to uh, to mix um, synth wave with a bit of dubstep, with a bit of punk and indie all together and create this unique mix if you know what I mean mm-hmm. yeah it was it was pretty fun pretty fun long process but fun <coughs> nice. how long did uh, how long did something like the the setup for just one of those levels uh, one of the um, the adaptive levels how long did that take it as uh, compared to like one of the regular levels um, the adaptive music level would take one month <laughs> yeah just one level is like one month because you have to create the whole pattern for the music so you have four different tracks moving in parallel but one of them is playing the other three are silent but they're still moving at the same at the same time wow so you switch to one track depending on where you are in the level so you trigger another an area on the level. So let's say you are in the in the idol scene, then you move to the combat scene, and then you switch to the combat track. But then you get back to the idol scene, but something in the middle. So you don't want to break the um, fight music into something that is very calm. Mm-hmm. So you have something else in the middle, and this is the way it works. So in order to make them work. You obviously need to set a pattern to make the the level and the effects react with the with the music, 
and if you see in the game, we have tick patterns for traps as well. I mean, if you didn't listen to the music, you and you're caught by these traps. Obviously, there's no way you can you can survive the level. So that that yeah, that's that's pretty tricky, and uh, it takes time. So I would say yeah, one month for uh, for one level, more or less. There's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Um, so what you you were mentioning um, kind of at, at the very beginning, uh, talking about uh, music ca- catching your interest uh, with video games and being kind of one of the things that that you noticed um, and, and kind of stood out. What what do you think makes a good video game soundtrack because I, I, I don't know that's something I've been wondering here recently where like there, there's music in video games that's fine when you listen to it but I, I feel like it's been a while since I heard a soundtrack that like I am I'm humming later on and want to listen to while not in the video game yeah I would say um, what makes um, a nice a pretty good soundtrack in a video game is the fact that the, the soundtrack makes sense to the video game. So if you say one of the um, best soundtrack I ever heard in the past was in uh, Turrican for Amiga. You remember Turrican? Have you heard of it? Uh, no. No, I, I do not know that one. Uh, it was a, a type of game, like it was a, a shooting game, a 2D game. Um, that it was, it was pretty old, but music was so awesome, and you could see that it's fitting perfectly into the level because it was sci-fi and it was emotional. It was uh, fast-paced, and in certain levels where you had uh, you you were in a cave, and the music was was different then was more um, you know more sad and. You know what I mean? It was it was um, giving you a different feeling depending on the level where you were. And I think mm-hmm. that's a, that's a key point in the soundtrack when you understand that the visual needs that type of music. If you adapt the music to whatever you see, that creates the mood, the right mood you want to feel right away uh, during that level. And with that experience, with that environment. So, yeah, I'd say um, not easy to find the right music for the right level, for the right game, for the right time as well. Mm-hmm. If you uh, if you create a whole game now, and you make a whole game with dance music and dubstep music, that's probably something that you don't really want to do because maybe that could have been fine for... Uh, Five years ago or six, but not now. So there's there's three factors. There is visual mood. Mm-hmm. There is time. The time factor is important. When are you making this music and why and how? And there is also the you know the the, the type of game fa- factor. So if you're creating a sci-fi game, if you're creating a fantasy game, then you want to consider what kind of music you want to uh, to create. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so, so how does that all come together with uh, with Dragon Bros? Uh, you mentioned Green Day uh, meets um, Chip Tunes. How? I'm still trying to wrap my head around. Like I, I've heard the music, but I'm still trying to wrap my head around <laughs> Green Day meets Chip Tunes. Yeah, this is um, a style that I, I was I was putting up together. Um, I think when you have um, fast-paced tempo with um, um, banging uh, drum uh, drum style drum kit that is doing a certain rhythm you have electric guitars on the background which I played myself so I've recorded the guitars myself and the drums myself and I was actually playing the instruments for real so um, we have the um, the electric guitars and this powerful feel and in the meantime you have the the nice soft melodic uh, cheap tune on the background as well as sound effect that replaces maybe a, a keyboard or a voice line um, you have this blend you have this mix that reminds you a little bit of the punk rock the green day Blink uh, mm. 82 so uh, teenage stuff and again, teenage dragons. It's a bit like when you when you watch an episode of Ninja Turtles on Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. You can feel that. You can feel the, the the teenage emotional punk rock, like Green Day style. But in Dragon Bros, you also have the the cheap tune effect. It's like a, a retro feel. So that's the combination of the two, in a nutshell. Well, Brian, uh, do you have any more questions before we? Uh, no, I think we uh, we can definitely go into the uh, the end game. Um, uh, so, uh, Gabriel, we like to end uh, with a little bit of a, a personal questionnaire uh, aimed more at you than at uh, Dragon Bros or uh, or the Space Lizard itself, um, and just kind of uh, you know um, ask you some difficult video game questions uh, and to just kind of get your answers and, uh, and discuss things. Um, so, first question, and we start out pretty hard. Um, who is your favorite video game protagonist? Who's your favorite good guy or anti-hero? Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic? Really? Mm. Yeah. Okay, why Sonic? Which Sonic? Well, um, Sonic is something that I played so much. So much. I think I played every Sonic the Hedgehog game until it came to until it came to Sonic until uh, it went to PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And this is when I stopped playing Sonic, but... That's, that's, yeah. A, good, <laughs> yeah, that's a good choice. This <laughs> is when Sonic <laughs> failed, but the old, very good old Sonic was, was my favorite because it was fast, and it was... The soundtrack has influenced me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, here, back mm-hmm. to uh, Sonic 1, 2, 3, or Sonic and Knuckles... Um, these games they have a sick soundtrack. It's so good and it stucks, it gets stuck in your head. Mm-hmm. And probably just because, well, fifty percent of it is is because of the music. But I say, uh, yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog was my favorite. I'm a pretty um, big fan of of Sega. Um, 
I stopped. Uh, I tell you this as a, as a personal thing. Mm-hmm. I stopped um, buying consoles when Dreamcast died. When Sega Dreamcast died, I, I was like, no, nah, I can't be bothered. Uh, and I became a PC guy. They had, they had broken <laughs> your heart. That was it. They broke my heart. They broke my heart, literally. And uh, I was like, no, I cannot. I cannot handle this, uh, and I cannot betray. I cannot <laughs> betray Sega. Uh, so many years together, and then I don't want to switch to Nintendo or Sony or Xbox, whatever. That's cool. That is certainly fair. I'm flipping the coin. The next question. Um, yeah. Who's your favorite antagonist? Who's your favorite bad guy? My favorite bad guy. Mm-hmm. Wow, this is a good question. Yeah. This is out of, the, out of the first two. This is my favorite one. I think um, kind of finding a bad guy that fits that fits you and somebody that uh, that you totally dislike is uh, is, a, is a very good question. Sure, sure. Um, I'd say one of my favorite bad guys was mm-hmm. the tyrant from Resident Evil One. Okay, that's probably my favorite because I killed him so many times that it made him my favorite <laughs> character. Um, if you play, uh, if you ever played um, the first, the very first Resident Evil, <clears throat> there is a tyrant at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And basically, before you you kill him with a with a bazooka, uh, he's he's like in a he's in captivity. He's like in a capsule, and he gets out, and you have a chance to use your weaponry against him. And I remember, I killed him with with a knife. <laughs> and it was pretty much impossible to do it because I yep. ran out of ammunition and I was playing like for the 13th time the game and I just wanted to kill him with a knife because, because why not and then um, between my friends I, I became a legend because they were like whoa how did you kill the tyrant of Resident Evil 1 with, with a knife that's pretty much impossible but yeah but I did so um, yeah that makes that makes him my favorite villain, my favorite bad guy. I would say. That is that is super fair, like yeah. absolutely. Um, and and I I do remember like, uh, I I never played it, but I watched my brother play it because that was more his style of game. Um, and I remember him having to kind of run around in a circle that first time, waiting for that rocket launcher to drop because it basically took. I want to say it took like about sixty seconds. Um, yeah, of that's you kind point. of having to, yeah, you kind of having to survive this thing, or stab it with a knife repeatedly, um, you know, for the the actual like rocket launcher to come down. And then I want to say it was what it was one or two shots with the rocket launcher, and it was over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Given like the tank controls and the the fact that like there was only one way to look at that camera, and you were kind of like hoping that you were running the right way, it was that was a real stressful fight. So that's that that. I think that's the first time that one's ever been brought up, and that's that's a real good callback. Yeah, yeah. You basically you, that was the first, the very first uh, survival horror, I believe. But you were surviving not because you were horrified or because mm-hmm. it was a terrible environment. You were surviving the um, uh, the broken gameplay because the camera was broken. You, you couldn't see anything, and then. The, the the character was stuck on his position and was it was solid, it, it, it wasn't agile. So yeah, I I totally feel you. I I understand what you mean. Mm-hmm. 
No, absolutely. Okay, question number three, moving on. Um, are there any kind of trends or things going on in video games today um, that you don't think enough people kind of know about? Um, something that's maybe small that only, you know, like maybe you guys or one or two other devs are doing um, that you'd love to see other people try. Um, yeah, as I mentioned before, um, I think there is there is a luck in... Um, it, it will make me look I'm obsessed with interactive music, but I think there is a luck of um, interactive music, and there is a lot of developers there trying so hard to implement it uh, the right way into their games. I've seen other developers in the in the conventions I've attended that they were creating graphic equalizers and making music games. I think nowadays there is there is a lack of music games. I personally would like to have more music games. I'm a big fan of those games like Guitar um, Hero or Rock Band, which is coming back now, finally. But I think um, people and developers who are, are trying so hard to find a solution to implement um, the audio better into their games. Mm-hmm. And there's so many people doing that, but there's people who are, um, who are doing that Maybe the right way, maybe the wrong way, but there's still um, is a work in pro is a work in progress uh, stage. So the the developers are trying to develop uh, the best way to make music interact with uh, with their games. Mm-hmm. There's different software nowadays, but the software they they don't create a pattern for your for your music itself. They they just adapt to the music. But you want to create something more um, that you can control more, if you know what I mean. So I think Absolutely. That's that's the way forward in terms of audio. Now, being the audio guy, obviously, I will talk all about audio. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the first thing that comes. That's perfect. Um, flipping the coin, um, are there any tropes or anything um, video games are doing today that you'd like to see just go away? Yes, um, I'd like to see survival games to go away. I mean, there are a lot of those. Yeah, there's so many. And oh my gosh. So many crafting games as well. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I, I would like to make a, a survival game myself, but another kind of. Um, not Maybe not a crafting game that wants you to farm over and over and over until the end of your days and then mm-hmm. then you die you don't have anything else than uh, crops and um, I don't know and wood and stones I mean I think nowadays it's full of these um, Minecraft type of games mm-hmm. you're surrounded by them and personally I think that that should stop, in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And there are, I mean, you look over Steam and there are just a ton of games that do the exact same thing, where it's just it's surviving, it's crafting, it's there's not a lot of difference there at all. That's right. Yeah. Uh, next question. 
Um, you are, you, I mean, you're creating music for video games. You're designing video games. Um, you're, you got a small team that's, you know, you're getting ready to release one. Um, if you had the chance um, to, to have any other profession, to do anything else without any restrictions, um, is there anything you'd love to try? Uh, rock star, straight away. No, straight away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Money for nothing, chicks for free. That's <laughs> that's it. That's it. Dire straits. Yeah, that's it. That's that's the way forward. You're a rock star. People love you. You you're an artist because you provide music, and you give people happiness in a way. Well, depending on what music you do, but yeah, and um, yeah. Uh, free free beer when you are <laughs> I mean yep. yeah that's probably the best job ever that sounds that is abs- yes absolutely absolutely <laughs> uh, penultimate question uh, we're almost to the end um, if you had the chance to play any game again for the first time what game would it be Mm, that's interesting. Uh, I'd say, yeah, I'd say maybe, maybe. Well, given that, I don't know, th- this question is tricky because it's like if I had a chance to reset my memory mm-hmm. and... Uh, reset my memory in term, in terms of um, game genres and game types and all that I would say I don't know maybe uh, Street Fighter okay I remember I say that because I remember the first time the very first time that I approached a, a fighting game when I was a kid and the very first game that I played was was Street Fighter the first um, fighting game and I was obsessed with um, with the fact that back in the days you didn't know much about the moves you didn't know much about how to do Hadouken or all the other moves so you had to discover it yourself by playing over and over because there, there wasn't much information there wasn't internet there was nothing so I would say that experience of discovering how to how to how to play the game itself and you were discovering these things by playing over and over and understanding you know uh, how to make moves by mistake for the first time and then figuring it out after a lot of um, a lot of matches that was probably the the best experience in gaming ever because there was no information as i said Mm-hmm. It's a thing about discovery. Uh, though I would totally say Street Fighter played a key part on uh, on that on that kind of um, development. Yep. Absolutely, and uh, there's a reason it's a classic. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, totally, totally. That's a good, great, great answer. Great answer. Uh, final question. Um, this was a little bit obscure. At the end of our lives, when we come to the gates of the Mushroom Kingdom, and Toad is there to greet us with the Book of Our Deeds, 
what would you like him to say to you before he lets you inside? <laughs> what, what, do, what, what do I like to do what, sorry? What would you like him to say to you before he lets you inside the Mushroom Kingdom? Uh, so if I had to tell him anything... If he had to tell you anything. If he, reviewing your life, if right. he, before he let you in, if he was just like, hey, good job. You know, what, what would you want to hear? Maybe, uh... Hmm. This question is amazing, by the way. Uh, <laughs> maybe, uh... Yes, I know, I know what. I am your father. Wow! <laughs> that's, that's probably what I would like to hear. Uh-huh. But, yeah, because that, that would make totally sense. That would, I would say, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a video game. I am your father. <laughs> and now you're coming back to me, in a way. So, yeah, yeah. I would say that, totally. I like that. I like that a lot. Nice. Yep. All right, well, that is it. Thank you so much for uh, for participating with our endgame. Um, Jonathan, tell him what he's won. Well, Gabriel, you, you didn't win much of anything except our eternal love and respect. Thank you so much you, for guys. sitting down with us. Thank you, guys. Um, it, was, it was very fun, and I love your questions. Uh, they're just amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, we loved your answers. We had a great time talking with you. Um, and if you could send us out by letting our listeners know uh, where they can go to find out more info about Dragon Bros. Uh, yeah, a Dragon Bros on Steam. So um, they, they can just go to, to Steam uh, right now and then uh, um, write down Dragon Bros and see um, the game evolving on Steam, which probably is going to be out this spring, but uh, in the meantime, check out the comments and the Steam page, and if you want to get in touch, um, just type in uh, spacelizardstudio.com. Fantastic. Well, thank you once again, and thank good you, luck guys. as you guys finish up developments and you know work towards getting the, the game on other platforms. Wish you guys the best. Uh, now go get some sleep, and uh, have a good day. Thank you. <laughs> yes, thank you for staying up for us. Thank you, guys. It was, it was amazing. <laughs>